Hello and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of Shad Dynasty League, the only league that counts. I'm your host, Dan Belinke, joined as always by my dear friend and co-host, Devin Rambo. Devin, why don't you give a little shout out to the listeners at home? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Devin. So we can finally talk about it. Let's bust the doors wide open. It's week 11 in the NFL. But you know what? The The point has just been belabored. Everybody's had their hot takes out. I'm late as hell as always. So I was actually just, um, forget it. You know, this, uh, it's almost Thanksgiving. I always think about this one year, you know, I was so excited to, um, to have Thanksgiving and in kindergarten, my, uh, my teacher made me make like a cool, like Indian hat, you know, with the little feathers and stuff, probably a little racist at this point, but I liked it a lot, and uh, I came home one day, and my little sister was wearing it, and she had actually tore one of the feathers off, so in retaliation, I hit her, and I was the one that got in trouble. I got punished all throughout Thanksgiving, and I kept telling my parents, they said, I said, but she started it, and they said, well, Dan, you you can't hit her in response to that, and that same excuse has been employed by adult Browns fans across the nation. Did Mason start it? Yes, of course he did. But you could trace this back to anything. You could say, okay, does Garrett really need to, after having him wrapped up, ball on the ground, bouncing out of the sideline, 30 seconds left, down two scores, need to pile drive him into the ground? Absolutely not. What if that was Brady? Oh, if that was Brady and Garrett had him wrapped up, whistle was blown. Honestly, kind of on the ref because the play is over. But I guess I've heard some people say like, well, you know, if Garrett's going to get the, you know, if Garrett's going to get the sack recorded, then he's going to go for it. Okay. Mason just didn't like the way it happened. Oh, and he was grabbing at his helmet. And those that fucking doctored picture that's like, he twisted his head and tried to grab his helmet and kicked him in the groin and then punched him in the nuts. Let's go through all of those. Number one, he did not twist his head. That is such, oh, that is so stupid. His head, Miles Garrett's head was to the side and his hands were on his head. Do you really think that Mason Rudolph has the strength to grab Miles Garrett's head and twist it? And was he really trying to get his helmet off or is he just grabbing at his head? Was Did he really give a deliberate kick in the groin? Or if you watch, is he sort of flailing and trying to get him off of him? And one of the one of his feet just kind of lands in the crotch region. I guarantee you, Miles Garrett, if you asked him afterwards, wouldn't have even remembered that happened. And the punch in the nuts picture is literally just a bad angle of him reaching for his helmet, like a cartoonish punch in the nuts, as if like, yeah, you didn't see it live, but it really happened in this picture. So, good God. I mean, like... All of that is so small. Like, if I come up to you at a bar and I say, fuck off, and then you take out a switchblade and stab me in the stomach, are people going to come to court and be like, he started it! He told him to fuck off! You know, and it's like, people are just saying, you know, oh, I mean, he tried to grab his helmet, and then he kicked him in the groin, and oh, and he came after him. That's too offensive. I mean, he provoked him. If you don't want that smoke, don't provoke him. It reminds me of um, one of my old friends, Nicole. Um, She divorced her husband and then started fucking her personal trainer. And he killed both of them. Yeah. And speaking of OJ, he was provoked. She provoked him. Two strikes, you're out. That's right. And the best part of this is the most staunch supporter of Miles Garrett from the second it happened from the second it happened, was O.J. Simpson. So sharing, you know, well, I don't want to belittle the man because he is this show's official legal consultant on all matters, criminal, civil, 
any legal issues that we have. We don't have time to get to him today, um, you know, but we wish him and his family well. But still, <laughs> you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. It really isn't. And all these Browns fans are like, just stop playing the victim, dude. Stop playing the victim. Are you really surprised that people are calling it the worst thing in the world and having hot takes like, oh, he should be banned from football? No, that's what we do now. That's what we do since the internet was created, okay? If this was on any other team, it's not just because it's the Browns that people like dumping on the Browns. If any player in the NFL did this, it would generate the same reaction. It would. And they're overreactions. But the point is, most Steelers fans don't actually believe that. It's a heated rivalry, okay? The AFC North hits hard. We go hard. We're young go-hards. It's not expected, but it's not the most shocking thing in the world, in all honesty. And the indefinite suspension is just stupid and overkill. And really, the NFL is just making a uh, pony show out of this because you can't do that by the CBA. You can't be suspended into another season unless you're on the commissioner's exempt list. And he's not, tactically. So it's not an issue now, as long as their term indefinite does not actually extend to the next season. And just to say indefinite is stupid, four to six games would have been fine. Really. I mean, Mason wasn't hurt. You know, I think four to six games would be fine. And the one complaint I can't get over is all these people whining like, but why doesn't Mason get a game? Why doesn't Mason get a game? Do you think anybody gives a fuck if Mason Rudolph is suspended for a game? I want him to be suspended for a game so Duck Hodges can get some snaps against Cincinnati. I would love if he were suspended for a game. Please suspend him. And I'm actually fucking pissed at Miles Garrett for doing this because it took the attention off what's going on at quarterback for the Steelers. He was not good. He was very, very bad. And if that hadn't happened, all week we could have been able to talk about, hey, are we going to start Duck? Are we going to see what we got there? Are we going to roll with that? But no, we can't talk about it. You can't bench the guy that just got assaulted with a helmet. It makes you look like a dick. So great. Thanks a lot, Miles. I don't know. The Steelers, I, I really am on board now. I think they should sign Kaepernick. There's no, there's no point. It's not Mason Rudolph. He's not the truth. He's a stopgap, but he's not the future. You have a really elite defense. You've seen a lot of teams in the NFL go on to win Super Bowls with great defenses and decent offenses who get off to mediocre starts. Who could be five and five, you know, halfway through this or you know, halfway through the season. And it's not like. I don't know. It's not insurmountable. It's not out of the question. But if they're just going to be okay with a 500 season, you know, I don't know what else to say. But look, on Scoop FM, unlike Lies FM, we like to give you both sides of the story. So I'm going to open up the phone lines, let the callers pour in. Um, and if anybody has anything to say on behalf of Miles Garrett, this is a safe space. You are free to do so. Devin, who do we got on the line? Okay, it's... um. It's Bobby from Austintown, Ohio. Bobby, you're on Scoop FM. Talk to me, buddy. Hey, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here on the infamous Scoop FM. I just want to say hi to the viewers out there. By now, you should all know me by my new team name as Dalvin and the Chipmunks. I just wanted to come on here real quick and talk about all the commotion at the end of the uh, Browns and Steelers game last week and how I believe that Miles Garrett is innocent in this situation. I believe he was tortured and framed by possibly the worst quarterback the NFL has ever seen in Mason Rudolph. And I'm a Browns fan, so I've seen a lot of bad quarterbacks. 
He was prying and pulling at Garrett Tillman with all his might. The only rational thing for Miles to do in the situation was swiftly pull off his helmet and use it as a weapon as four Steelers were charging at him. I would have done the same thing. The NFL has completely mishandled this situation. I believe they got the punishments backwards. Rudolph could easily have been suspended indefinitely for, for this scenario as well. But hey, what do I know? Well, actually, you know what I do know about? Dan knows I know a good deal about, you know, hot tubs and pools being that I worked at uh, over at Austin Town Pools and Spas for a little while over there in Austin Town, Route 46. You know, if anyone's looking for a, for a uh, you know, good holiday deal or anything, let me know. I can hook you up with a hot tub, a pool, you know, whatever you need. Hopefully Dan lets me get a little free advertising here on Scoop FM. It's not like I paid him in fab to put this on here. But anyways, I'll let Dan get on with the rest of the show. I've stated my case about Miles, and I believe that, you know, he's innocent. You know, he should um, be, you know, reinstated right away, I would say. That would be my, you know, my best way of going about this situation. So, anyways, this is, uh, this is Bob Balone signing off. Good luck to all, and happy holidays. Okay. Go all right. Browns. All right. Get, cut this guy off. Jesus Christ. Devin, you got to pre-screen them. If they sound like they're drinking, you don't let them on. All right, aside from all the nonsense, really, I was waiting to see how that jacuzzi thing was going to tie back into it, but it was just a shameless plug. Look, we are very explicit on this show. No solicitation, okay? Maybe the stupid podcast platform will put a Lowe's ad on the front of the <laughs> on the front of the episode like that's going to make them any fucking money. <laughs> they don't know that they're like, hey, we want to help you grow your audience. Hey, my audience is nine other people, and I'm pretty sure three aren't listening. So, fuck. No solicitation on this show. That's rule number one. But two, if you do happen to go to Austin Town Pools and Spas to get a great deal on a jacuzzi or above-ground pool, use code SCOOPFM, mention it to your cash register, tell them, or your cashier, tell them Dan sent you. You'll get 15% off and free home installation. Uh, and it helps support the program and keep us on the air. So thank you very much. Anyways, let's get back into it. I just have one more thing I want to say on the NFL. How can you possibly have Russell Wilson over Lamar Jackson in your MVP talks? How could you possibly? This has been a revolution. No one, okay, I know everyone every year thinks the Seahawks are going to suck, and then they're a playoff team. They're like, oh, we'll see. Let's a playoff team. Yeah, duh. They will most likely always be a playoff team. They have Russell Wilson. Just like, that's why it's fucking shocking when Aaron Rodgers has not made the playoffs, like last year, because they have Aaron Rodgers, right? You just expect it to happen every year, but for some reason, people don't put Russell Wilson in that class with Aaron Rodgers. I made the controversial hot take today that it has officially happened. We have crossed that apex. If I was starting my own team, I would take Russell Wilson over Aaron Rodgers. I would do it in a real team. It's finally happened, but you can't have Lamar Jackson behind him in the MVP race. He beat Russell Wilson head-to-head in Seattle. He beat New England. What else does he have to do? Who has, who, who's been doubted more this entire offseason than him and has just exceeded everyone's expectations? Even if he just is decent to close out the year, he already deserves it. Like, he's setting records. It's amazing. So that's it. Let's get right into it. The waiver wire action. Dave gets Jeff Driscoll for $26. Seems like a big spend, but Jeff Driscoll, who I had on my roster 10 the year last year, he's fast. He's surprisingly fast. He's a good runner, actually. <clears throat> Not giving much credit for that. And Dave is feeling a need here because Mahomes is on bye, 
and he is right on the edge of the playoffs, so he can't afford to just put a flex in his super flex position. Uh, so he beats my $10 bid and Nate's five. Bob gets Bo Scarborough. Is there any relation to the Pirate? Um, for $22, beating out Nate's $5. I got Johnny Williams for 15 Don't look now. Two consecutive 100-yard games, looking very good. Finally getting a start, impressed in camp. I'm very happy with Johnny Williams beating out Bob's eight. Nate got Taylor Gabriel for three, beating Bob zero. Who cares? Let's get into trade talk. So we begin, I think this was le- like early this week or late last week, Devin gives Dante Pettis, DJ Moore, and Scary Terry to Nick for Carson Wentz, Nikhil Harry, and Sterling Shepard. I don't like this at all for Nick. At all. I am on record. I am not a Dante Pettis guy. DJ Moore, yeah, I mean, I can take him or leave him. Not not a huge fan. I think, like, he's, like, a serviceable guy. But, you know, of, like, that draft class of, I think, is he in the same draft class as, uh, I don't want to be wrong here. He's either in the one with, like, like uh, Chris Godwin or the next one, which is, like, Michael Gallup and Cortland Sutton. I mean, I don't think he's at the apex of that class. Um, I mean, yeah, Scary Terry, though, I mean, there, there's a lot. I mean, the talent is obviously there. He did it for the first half of the year. I tried to sell while the stock was high, but the problem with Terry is that the the Redskins are just a train wreck, and so the offensive production has had to plateau a bit, and we'll see where it goes in the future. I mean, Nikhil Harry, Sterling Shepard, they're fine, you know, whatever. I think you could have got all those three receivers just for Carson Wentz, and maybe a little more because QBs are valuable, um, you know, I would have at least tried to get one of Devin's first round picks in here. And I think he easily would have given one for Carson Wentz. So I don't like that really at all. I traded T.Y. Hilton to Nate for Nick Foles and a 2021 second rounder. Now, if you recall, I had Nick Foles going into this year and I traded him to Nate. So let's just actually talk about what this trade was, you know, with Nick Foles out of the equation since that's a wash. So I traded T.Y. Hilton and Anthony Miller for Debo Samuel, a second round in this upcoming draft, and a second round pick in the year after. Uh, I like that a lot for me, obviously. Helps me accumulate picks. I'm big on Debo Samuel. Now, you're probably trading T.Y. Hilton a little lower than he might have been worth, but he's coming off an injury and just the age factor alone in Dynasty, I thought, you know, can make sense. So we did have some other trades last night. Boys were sipping on the Christmas ales and uh, just flinging it around, tossing that tossing that bussy. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, I don't have it. <laughs> Hold on. All right, sorry. So Drew trades Odell and Sanu for Adam Thielen and Jay Crowder, Jamison Crowder. I just looked it up. I actually drafted Jamison Crowder. I completely forgot about that. Anyways. Ooh, oh no, I didn't like that at all. Um, I thought Odell, if you're targeting a Browns fan, I think Odell could have could have collected a king's ransom. Um, and I don't like receiver for receiver. Like, you know, I don't, like, Odell is better than Adam Thielen. Jay Crowder, Muhammad Sanu, I mean, like, yeah, Jay Crowder's, I don't know why I'm calling him Jay Crowder. He's Jameson Crowder. Jay Crowder's in the NBA. Okay, Jameson Crowder is like, I mean, is he that much better than Sanu? I mean, I don't really know. So I don't like that at all. I, I like maybe trying to get quarterback or running back. And then my trade, which 40% of the league thinks I got fleeced, I gave Devontae Adams and Jalen Samuels and a third-round pick this year for Leonard Fournette, a second-round pick this year, 
and a second-round pick next year. Look, cut me some slack. The market for running backs is super overpriced right now. I mean, just looking back to what, you know, Bill had to give Amari Cooper and Antonio Brown for David Johnson. Now, Antonio Brown hasn't even played this year, and Amari Cooper has outscored him on points. That's already happened. I went back. In our, in our startup draft, Leonard Fournette was the 10th overall pick. Devontae Adams was the 20th, okay? And now I understand people weren't as smart as me in anticipating the rise of Devontae Adams, but the running back market is overpriced. I was fielding other offers from people, and what I was getting was absurd to get a, a top 15 running back. It was absurd. I, I This was literally the best deal available, and I know, yes, it's not balanced. I, you know, I, I don't think that I'm getting the better end of this deal, but you got to pay up if you want one. And going into the playoffs, I need it badly. Um, and I've got a ton of wide receivers. And sure, Devontae Adams was leagues ahead of my next, next best receiver, but a lot of my guys are young. Um, there could be some ascension there. And I just need a more balanced team, so I had to do it. All right, enough nonsense. Let's get right into the matchup roundup. Let's start with me, of course, I played Drew this week. I won 135.1 to 127 as a 25-and-a-half-point favorite. Ooh, Drew was a toughie. Um, some late-night Melvin Gordon inaction saved my ass. I was watching with bated breath, but I was just like, oh, yes. Please play from behind and just make it Eckler's game. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I came out to a poor start. I did Mason Rudolph live and Chris Boswell on Thursday, and just watching those two made me fucking sick in the balls. To see Boswell put up zero points and Rudolph throw four picks, ugh, not good. And on Drewby's side, it's all the Saints defense, Jimmy G and Sammy D, all in plus matchups, doing pretty well. I like that for Drew. Um, some solid performances now. Of course, the quarterback performances where it gets like Arizona and I think, was it Washington that the Jets played? So, yeah, not too surprising there. Uh, but still, I like that. That's that's good signs for the future that he's got some cornerstones because, you know, well, we'll get more into this in the standings. But recall, Matt and I played each other for the first round pick last year. And now look at us. Just look at us. Who'd have thought we'd be here? I didn't. Um, yeah, it can happen. You just need a couple cornerstone pieces. And more important than any cornerstone piece in the real league and in this league is quarterback. So it's good to see the Drew... Seems to be on track there. Um, oh, any of Kyle Rudolph. Five touchdowns in the past five games. That just proves that Kirk Cousins hates black people. Like, how, how, what much, what more does he need Stephon Diggs to do to give him more love? Now, I know Diggs had a good week that week, but seriously, like, Thielen goes out and he's just like, oh, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, Rudolph. Just pass it to him. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> the Pats, oof. That was a rough showing for their offense. Jesus. It drew starting James White and Muhammad Sanu. I just wonder, all this talk about, oh, man, what would this team be like with Antonio Brown? I just, I don't even know. Like, first of all, just putting aside the insanity that comes with that and wondering if he would even make it a full season, but also considering, like, Brady is not really throwing it that well or that deep, and Antonio Brown's a guy that needs to be fed often. So... I don't even know how much. I mean, it would be better. 
but I really think it's kind of overstated by Pats fans of, oh, man, we'd be in such better shape if we had Antonio Brown. It's like, okay, fuckers, you didn't know you had Antonio Brown until a week before the season started. So it's not like that, like losing that is like, you should have been fine, whatever. Um, on my side of things, Kenny G just got Driscolled. Um, not a really good showing for him, but hey, Joe Mixon's back. Good to see you, buddy. And a tutty for Mark Andrews and Debo Samuels, 250 yards in the past two games. Watch out. Well, could Drew have won this? Yes, if he had played Gus Edwards in literally any of his flex spots besides Melvin Gordon. That's how bad his quarterback receivers and all of his flex were. Or sorry, not his running backs, receivers, and all his flex. Quarterbacks were the only good ones. Let's go on to Matt versus Bob. It was one that I was flirting with making the match of the week. Um, Matt wins 156.8 to 116.9 as a five-point dog. Honest question, is Devontae Parker about to win Matt through the playoffs? Because last year, Matt's team was terrible, and then he had Kittle, who went on a tear, and anybody who had Kittle and was in any sort of playoff, even if it was a playoff for um, picks in the next year's draft, you know, did pretty well. Is Devontae Parker going to do that for him again? I will be so fucking pissed. But geez, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, talk about two other guys that were doubted that are at least putting up some numbers. I'm a Josh Allen fan now. I was a huge critic of him in the draft. I thought he was a bust. I thought it was stupid the Bills traded up for him. I thought there were, I mean, I liked Rosen, and I was admittedly way too high on Rosen and Lamar Jackson over him. I just didn't get it at all, but just watching him play, he is really fucking tough. <laughs> and like, he's just, he's like a nice, genuine dude who just wants to win. I like him a lot. He's a hard worker. Um, Brian Hill, <laughs> that was 65 bucks well spent, buddy. Um, not really. He did shitty. And oh, poor Juju, my poor boy. Can you believe how they killed my boy? Oh, no. What's okay, buddy? And, um, you know, it was great that Bob played Brady against Matt. I don't know what's better is for Brady to have like one of his statistically worst games of his career against Matt and give him the fantasy win or to go off and give him a loss. I guess it would be best if he had a terrible win, a terrible week and Bob still won. But yeah, on Bob's side, if Jamison Crowder is your second highest scorer behind Kirk Cousins, you got problems. And Kaimi dropping a zero and then he got dropped by Bob later this week. It's a cold, cold world. Um, let's go on to Nick versus Nate. This was the tightest match of the week. This was a really close one. Oh, I was pulling for Nick so hard here. That would have really shook things up. Um, Nate wins 129.4 to 127.6, and he was a 0.2 favorite. Oh, man. There's the Ronald Jones that we remember. If if uh, Nate if Nick had played Chris Conley over him, uh, you know, taken back to, uh, you know, playing into the Nick Foles return, could have won. Or, you know, if he had just kept Carson Wentz and started him and either of his quarterback slots, that would have helped. Um, I guess when he traded uh, Carson Wentz, he made a statement similar to the Panthers organization. It's like, you know what? Hey, I think we have confidence in Kyle Allen. Did you you guys just hear a gust? That was all the confidence blowing out of the room. Anybody who was saying, well, well, you know, Time to get rid of Cam Newton. You know, like, freaking Devin. Is, it's just stupid. It's stupid. Now, I do think I do think they were flirting with trading him. And hey, the Steelers are open for business if Ben is not going to be playing. I think I would actually rather have, like, three years of Cam Newton than one year of Ben. Uh, I just think it would be really interesting. Uh, but that's another, 
that's another topic for another day. Um, yeah, Kyle Allen, not going to get it done for Nick in the future. That's a little little upsetting. But Mark Ingram having another big game. Um, Calvin Ridley looking strong. But to start the Redskins defense is so sad. There are options out there, man. Nick, if you need someone to talk to, I'm here. Uh, Justin Tucker with 11 points. This week's award was the Kick in the Nuts Award to the most kicker points with lots of zero bagels and three points being dropped. 11 points is enough to win it, so that's some small consolation. A little stumble from Nate this week. Mostert and Damian Williams. <laughs> Woof. Yeah, the... Uh, the RB section is is not the strongest there down the line. It's really funny, the whole Spencer Ware debacle that almost tore this league apart. And then I jokingly said, uh, not jokingly, truthfully said in the group message, I was like, no one's paying attention to the fact that Nate got Damian Williams for $5, and that might be the steal. Going into this draft, everybody's looking at themselves and saying, why didn't I bid $7 on Damian Williams? And it's been totally irrelevant. So what a roller coaster ride that's been. And... <laughs> If Randall Cobb is your second highest scorer, like on Nate's team, you know you got problems. I told you earlier that I thought the Packers made a mistake in letting him go for these younger guys, and I, I think I, I stand by that. I don't expect him to continue this production, but he's just he's just a good guy, and he's really not that old. I heard this just the other day. I'm looking this up live because I'm curious. He's way younger than you think, and oh, he's 29. Okay. Uh, not that drastic, but I could see him being like 31 or 32. Anyways, um, yeah. So let's go on to Bill versus Dave. This was the match of the week, and Billy did it. 136.5 to 122.5 when he was a four-point dog, and he started Jared Goff again, who had a terrible game <clears throat> against um, Dave, and I think this is the worst scenario to start your, your franchise's starting quarterback against your opponent. To start your opponent's favorite team's quarterback against him, have that quarterback suck ass, and still win. That's the worst. And he did it, even with Tyree Kill going out early, dropping a bagel. But Chark is keeping it alive with Foles back. There was a little concern out there. Maybe, you know, that was just a Minshew Mania connection, but nope. That guy is for real. I gotta, you know, I, I wanna do like an awards this year of like best pickup, worst pickup, all that stuff. You can already give me worst pickup for $95 from Mason Rudolph. I know it almost imploded my season under the hands of a weaker fantasy GM. It might have, but, you know, thankfully mine are capable enough. But DJ Chark, who Bill picked up for pennies on the dollar, might have been the grab of the year. Um, and Sutton doing it with the third Allen. Brandon Allen? Yeah, good for him. And Will Lutz? Oh, Nick. I cock-teased you, man. Will Lutz had 11 points. That ties with Justin Tucker. So you both win the Kick in the Nuts Award, so I'm sorry, it's not a cool five. I'll be sending you both a split 250 through the Venmo. On Dave's side, I'm telling you, starting all those Rammies, he's lucky Cooks is out, honestly, because if Cooks was in and he was starting him too, I don't think it'd be much better. Ugh. Everett and Cup and Greg the Leg just not doing not doing it good. But the Raiders D was a great pickup. And unfortunately, Dave had no way to win this one. So let's go on to Devin and Eric. Devin won 130.4. 130.4. I can't even get it out because I'm so happy to say it. To 78. Oh, there's the Eric we all remember <laughs> from last year. Oh, man. that's I haven't looked it up. That's definitely a top five lowest score. And he was only a 4.7 dog. Deshaun Watson just getting decimated by the Ravens. That Earl Thomas signing, uh, or 
What did they trade for him? I can't recall. That was a huge move for them. That was a huge move for them. Um, oh, on Eric's, on yeah, on Eric's side, continuing. Doyle putting up a goose egg. Didi Westbrook, Allen Robinson, and Marquise Brown. That's like the island of misfit toys of receivers that you don't want to see in your starting lineup. Those are some nasty flexes, and Amari Cooper was finally not there to save you, despite Dak doing it again. Um, also, you know, this is a bit, this is a bit, uh, you know, inflated this talk because Robert Woods was in the Sunday night football matchup. And at the last second was like, I'm not playing because of personal issues. So he had no one else to play. He was stuck in his lineup. Um, and on Devin's side, I mean, nothing really that big standard week, but you know, when you stumble at 78, it's an easy one to win. Uh, John Brown and Marvin Jones are keeping Devin alive. What is this? 2016? Come on. Get out of here, man. Eric had no way to win this one. Let's get into the standings. Let's wrap this shit up so you can listen to this nice and cozy before the game. Say, hey, maybe get a beer with the buddies. Maybe eat some nachos. You know, you do you. It's almost the holiday season. So Nate is in first place at 8-3. and three. Oh, man, fuck. If Nick would have won that one, this would have been hella interesting. He's got the seventh most points scored. I'm going to read you the standings now in order of most points scored. 7, 1, 2, 3, 4, 6. That's your playoffs. So something's a little out of line there. But that lead now is only a one-game lead, which was previously a two-game lead. And there are four Sharks below, all at 7-4, all with more points than him, just waiting for another slip-up. In second place, the other bye is myself, 7-4. and four. I've got the first most points scored. I've grabbed a bye. I'm praying for good energy next week in my matchup against Bill. Um, do not meow when I'm podcasting. God. Matt is in third place at 7-4. and four. He's got the second most points scored ever since I degraded him for having a great record and incredible luck with low points. He has been on a tear. Um, so this is a, that's, that's a pretty furious Purity Furious Ascension. Devin is in fourth place, also at 7-4, with the third most points scored. It's just, I don't know what he's up to. He's accumulating a lot of picks and future capital, but he's making some moves that suggest he's still going to go for it this year, and he thinks he can. Uh, Eric. Oh, man. Eric was in second place last week. He's in fifth with that stumble. He's at 7-4. and four. Now with the fourth most points scored, that's a huge slip-up. I believe he had the second most points scored last week, potentially the first most, and oh, that's a big slip-up. Dave's at 5-6. and six. He's in the last playoff spot, six most points scored. Losing there last week was huge for him. He is now tied with Billy uh, record-wise. But he's got an incredible lead on him in points. So Billy wants to surpass him and get into the playoffs. And remember now, Billy and Bob, who are are nipping at the heels of getting into a playoff spot, um, neither of them have a first-round pick. So it entirely behooves them to get into these playoffs. Um, so, But he's going to have to do it by record because uh, Bill doesn't have him on the points. So Bill is... On the outside, looking in at seventh place, also at five and six. He's got the ninth most points scored. He's had some luck along the way. I think he's had some bad luck with some injuries, but we'll see. We'll see over these next two weeks. Now, tough thing is, to get in, to get another win, you're going to have to beat me. And I don't know if you can do it, but good luck to you. 
I hope, you know, good luck to you. I don't know who that was. Um, Bob is in eighth place at four and seven. He had a couple critical matchups. Uh, he's got the fifth most points scored, and he just hasn't gotten it done. He's had some real bad luck, some tough breaks. It has to be frustrating, but he is not officially eliminated from playoff contention. With two weeks left in the regular season, he still has a shot. You know, if he wins two games, gets up to six and seven, and he's beaten everybody on points, he needs just Dave and Bill to go... Dave and Bill both cannot win two in a row. Okay? He needs them to go 500 over these next two games, and he needs to win both, and he can get into those playoffs. Nick. Nick is in ninth place at 3-8, and eight, got the eighth most points scored. He's not officially eliminated, but it is pretty unlikely. He would have to win the next two weeks, have Dave and Bill lose the next two weeks, and Bob either lose the next two weeks or lose one game and surpass him in points. And with Bob at the fifth most points scored and Dave at the sixth and Nick at the eighth, it would have to be a pretty large jump in scoring over two weeks for him to surpass them, but he's not officially eliminated. Drew, in 10th place at 2-9, and 10th most points scored. I hate to say it, you are officially eliminated. The last playoff swap has five wins. There's only two weeks left. You're at two, but hey, that's good. So a couple of people have asked me to do a playoff picture and remind them how our playoffs work because they're a bit kooky, and we did make a change this year. So let's start with the top six in the traditional playoffs, the real playoffs, um, and talk about how that goes. So the number one and the number two seeds in the first week of the playoffs, which is week 14, are going to be on bye. In that time... The third seed will play the sixth seed. The fourth seed will play the fifth seed. In the second week of the playoffs, week 15, the two bye teams will reseed, right? So the number one team will play the lowest seed of the winner, the two winners from the previous week. And the number two seed will play the highest seeded winner from the previous two weeks. So those will be those matchups, still in contention. Now, what happens to the two losers from week one? Well, they play each other now. They play head-to-head in a one-week matchup. The two losers from week one play in week two. The winner of that gets the fifth pick in the rookie draft. The loser gets the sixth. Now, week 16, championship week. The two winners from the surviving team the surviving teams and the bye teams in week two of the playoffs, they will play each other in week 16. The winner will get the first place prize. The loser will get the second place prize. The winner gets the 10th pick in the rookie draft. The loser gets the ninth pick. Okay. The two losers from the week 15 matchups will now play each other head to head. The winner gets a third place prize and the, eighth pick and the loser gets a seventh pick okay the two other losers that had just played for the fifth and sixth pick do not play week 16 they have their playoff season is over they're eliminated and it's done now the payout structure is as follows how we agreed upon it is by default 30 50 dollars at your money back to the third place team however we do have it that is the full 450 going to the first place team with nothing specifically designated to second place. 
It is up to those two teams to bridge the gap as gentlemen and scholars to shake each other's hand and come up with an agreement to split the money that seems equitable. And if they can't do it, if they can't do it, then 450 is going to the winner and second place is going home with nothing. Okay, so that's how that works. Let's get into the ship playoffs. Now, before we had a bit of complaints that a bubble playoff team being able to play for the first round pick is basically going to ensure that some of the lower teams in the league aren't going to be able to really significantly rebuild. So we've retooled it. Now, we will have 10 and 9 play each other and 8 and 7. They will have a two-week combined playoff, weeks 14 and 15, just playing each other. Okay, so let's say 9 and 10 play each other. Uh, 10 scores 100, 9 scores 130. They play each other again next week, and we add 100 and 130 to their scores. And the whoever has the most points over two weeks for 9 and 10 gets the first overall pick. The loser gets the second. For 7 and 8, the winner gets the third pick, and the loser gets the fourth pick. Okay? So I hope that has cleared the air. If you're wondering... Um, you know, what things are going to look like. So as it stands now, um, Nick and Drew would be playing for one and two. Bill and Bob would be playing for three and four, and um, neither of them would have those picks. So they're really playing um, on behalf of <laughs> of Devin and Drew. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, oh man, who to make the match of the week next week? Let's look forward to, you know, starting today in a couple hours. Let's see. So... We do have Dave and Eric rivalry week. Now, I like this match a lot because these guys fucking hate each other. Um, but, I mean, if Eric wins, then Dave could be out of the playoffs. Could be. If Eric loses, though, he's still in the playoffs. Dave is still in the playoffs. And they're not seated any differently. So... So yeah, I mean, well, Dave could be out of the playoffs if Bill scored like a thousand points, but it won't happen. But um, so yeah, I don't know if that has as many interesting implications. Now, I kind of like Devin and Nate. They've got a great matchup right now. If Nate loses, he could be pushed out of this bye week because he goes to eight and four. You got myself, Matt, Devin, and Eric all at seven and four with higher points than him. So if Two of us win, he's out if he lost. Um, now, if Devin loses, what, he's 7-5. and five. Um, Not much implication, but this could be big for him. I mean, he could he could bump into a bye week spot. So when we get this late into the season, it's all about the top. So that's your match of the week. And let's give you a little something else, a little extra action to look forward to. That's our, uh, our weekly payout. What is it this week? Oh, I'm so unprepared. I'm sorry. Um, ooh, America's top diva, the most receiver points. So good luck in that, fellas. And, um, you know, we're getting closer to the holiday season. There'll be sweaters and candles and Christmas ales and all kinds of crazy stuff happening in Shadynasty Dynasty League. So since I'm getting this out to you today, I want to say for anybody that is considering going downtown Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving, I will be there. And I hope to see all of you there. And, you know, I hope to get you, I hope to get some incriminating things on tape. Um, 
And so come down. It'll be a fun time. We'll all drink and be merry. We'll celebrate each other. We'll celebrate a great year so far. So I just want to say you guys are you guys are really important to me. And um, Okay, that's it. Um, so until next time. Until, uh, let's think of one. Until Kim Jong-un presses his fat finger on that red button and we walk hand in hand into fire and hell and blast each other back into the Stone Age. Goodbye. Thank you.